Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of trimethoprim found under the microbiology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 23-year-old woman presents to her primary care doctor for dysuria. Her symptoms began two to three days ago and are associated with urinary frequency and urgency. Physical exam is notable for suprapubic tenderness, but there is no costovertebral angle tenderness. Urinalysis is remarkable for being leukocyte esterase positive with elevated white blood cells. Urine culture demonstrates greater than 100,000 E. coli. She is treated with trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole. This is a case of acute cystitis. Trimethoprim is a reversible dihydrofolate reductase inhibitor, which impairs folate synthesis. It is used clinically in combination with sulfonamides to treat urinary tract infections, shigella, salmonella, pneumocystis gyrovitii pneumonia, both treatment and prophylaxis, and toxoplasmosis prophylaxis. It is important to note that sequelae of trimethoprim can be avoided with folinic acid supplementation. Adverse effects include megaloblastic anemia, leukopenia, granulocytopenia, and hyperkalemia via inhibition of amylaride-sensitive epithelial sodium channels in the renal collecting duct. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to trimethoprim, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 45-year-old man presents to his primary care provider for two weeks of low-grade fever and sore throat. Upon further questioning, the patient is found to have unprotected sex with both men and women with three to five partners per month. On workup, he is found to have an HIV viral load of 15,000 copies with a CD4 count of 170. He is started on medical therapy. What should be included in his medication regimen? And the answer choices are choice one, azithromycin. Choice two, dapsone. Choice three, fluconazole. Choice four, folinic acid. Choice five, tetrahydrofolic acid. The correct answer is choice four, folinic acid. This HIV positive patient is at risk for pneumocystis pneumonia and should therefore receive trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole prophylaxis with folinic acid supplementation as well to prevent the side effects associated with TMP-SMX. TMP and SMX are used in combination to prevent the formation of tetrahydrofolic acid. Sulfonamides, such as sulfamethoxazole, serve as para-aminobenzoic acid antimetabolites, which prevent the formation of dihydropteroic acid. Trimethoprim blocks bacterial dihydrofolate reductase, which inhibits the conversion of dihydrofolic acid into THF. Toxicity from trimethoprim includes symptoms of megaloblastic anemia, leukopenia, and granulocytopenia. In order to prevent these side effects, folinic acid can be supplemented. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Azithromycin is used for prophylaxis of mycobacterium avium complex for patients with CD4 counts less than 50. Choice 2. Dapsone is another medication that can be used for PCP prophylaxis. Since this patient is already on TNP-SMX, there is no need to add on dapsone as well. Choice 3. Fluconazole is used for the treatment of cryptococcal infections, which can be seen in HIV-infected patients with CD4 counts less than 100. Choice 5. Tetrahydrofolic acid is synthesized from dihydrofolic acid via dihydrofolate reductase, which is inhibited by trimethoprim. 
While the goal of preventing the side effects associated with TMP-SMX is to increase tetrahydrofolic acid, THF is not supplied directly to the patient. Finally, a bullet summary. Folinic acid should be given to HIV-positive patients on TMP-SMX prophylaxis. That's all for this review about trimethoprim. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session from MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we would be thrilled if you would consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.